Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and this is the radio broadcast of Shi'ar Jashub. Coming from Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, and featuring the teaching ministry of my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo. In today's program, we will be continuing a sermon in Pastor Series on Heavenly Authority. And if you have been following along with us, you know that the current section is on the New Testament Office of Administrations, and specifically on those who serve as deacons and deaconesses. And Pastor Greg has been going through 1 Timothy chapter 3, which gives us the Apostle Paul's directions to Timothy on the qualifications necessary for a believer to be a deacon. Before we return to the sermon, let me remind you about our church website at shiarjashub.org. And Shi'ar Jashub is spelled S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B. Don't worry if you do not catch that, because you can always check the spelling in Isaiah 7, verse 3. It is the name of Isaiah's son and means a remnant shall return. On the website, you will find information about our church and Pastor Greg, but also you will be able to listen to hundreds of Bible study audio programs as well as watch sermon videos from our library of YouTube live streams. Serious times require serious Bible study, and our church is truly blessed to bring you these in-depth teachings. That address again is shiarjashub.org. Let me read in the New King James from 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13, where we left off last time. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg Scalzo for the conclusion of the sermon. Obtain, gain for themselves a good, excellent standing or step or grade of dignity. They'll be recognized as good stewards. People will see them as those you can trust, and so you would expect them then to receive even more responsibility. If they serve well as deacons, they bring to themselves a good reputation, a good standing, an excellent standing. And not only that, they what? They bring to themselves great boldness in the faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. And isn't that what happened to Stephen and Philip, right? And that word there means of speech, outspokenness. There's an absence of fear in speaking boldly about the Lord. Confidence is speaking about the Lord. As you do the Lord's work, as you serve in the church in your calling, confidence will grow, confidence in the faith, seeing work for Christ tackled, completed, and as you're doing it, as you throw yourself into it, you want to speak about why you're doing it. Boldness rises up. 
There's strength and encouragement inside yourself as you take this position in Christ. Confidence many times comes from servitude, to speak out about the Lord, to stand, to stand in your faith. Sometimes today, some people will say in, the, in, in churches, I could never speak out like the pastor does. Well, if you do service for the Lord, if you do work, if you wait the tables, if you dedicate the time, you'll be surprised the boldness that God will build up in you, the great assurance in your faith. Verse 14, These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. Paul has given them all these instructions for the overseers, for the deacons, that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, the household of God, the family of God, which is the church of the living God. Think about what we're speaking about here. The pillar and ground, that word ground, foundation, mainstay of the truth. What is the church? The church is the household of the living God. That's why this is so important. Someone, someone can say, well, why is this? This is trivial, isn't it? Isn't this trivial? Isn't it just important to believe in Jesus Christ? Why talk about elders and deacons and offices and all these matters? Isn't that minutia? He's saying to them, I, I write to you. I want to come to you shortly, but I'm telling you, I'm not going to wait till I come to you because this is important, that you know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. It's God's family. This is where he comes and he fills his people. And so it should be conducted aright. Not only that, it's the pillar and ground of the truth. It's the evidence, it's the speech spoken out to the whole world, to society, to believer and unbeliever, to the culture of your day, it's the everlasting truth over all the generations, and the church must stand out as a city on a hill, as a light of the world to proclaim the truth, to proclaim the truth. Well, how do you proclaim the truth if you're corrupted inside, right? And that's why Paul's so careful. He wants to avoid corruption inside because if you have corruption in your elders, in your pastors, in your deacons, in the way the church goes, if the conduct is corrupted, what is that going to project out? The words might sound right. The gospel being preached might be right. But sooner or later, the truth is revealed of the people involved. And what happens? Shame, reproach comes upon the church and the witness is killed. Consider what you are. You are the church. You're the household of the living God. God has appointed you to be the pillar and the ground of truth. And that's why this whole question of heavenly authority is so important. And that's why over the generations there's been so much confusion and chaos in the church because it hasn't been done the way it was established in the beginning by the apostles. Then verse 16, he says, 
and without controversy, beyond all question, some translations say, confessedly, some translations say, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. We're back to the mystery now again, right? Musterion, the mystery. Great. Megas in the Greek. Megas is the mystery of godliness. Godliness. That word there means holiness, piety, to be well devout, right? Doing that which is well pleasing to God. Right? Great is the mystery of godliness. Doing that which is well pleasing to God. Being the pillar and the ground of the truth. The revealed secret of the mystery of Christianity. What is it? He says, God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed in the world, received up in glory. The mystery of Christianity, the mystery of godliness, the mystery to all this coming about and being done right, the conduct being done properly, is centered in the person of Christ Jesus. He was manifested. God was manifested in the flesh, in the body. That's in your Textus Receptus, in your majority text. Those Alexandrian texts say, he who was manifested in the flesh. Well, what do they mean? Who's being manifested in the flesh? It's God. Um, that's why you'll see some difference in your translations. The Textus Receptus and the majority texts say clearly, God, Paul says, God was manifested in the flesh. He was justified. He was declared righteous by. He was vindicated by. He was shown to be just and innocent by the Spirit. His whole life, the Holy Spirit testified, this is the just and righteous one justified in the spirit. He was seen by angels. You have angels proclaiming his birth. You have angels proclaiming his resurrection. The angels long to look into the mystery of the incarnation of Jesus Christ, the solution for mankind. He was preached, he was proclaimed among the ethnos, the Gentiles, the nations. He was believed on in the world. And he was taken up, he was received up in glory. He comes down and he goes back up. Jesus Christ, the hope of glory, the mystery of Christ in you. Every study leads to him. Every area of study is solved by him. He is the answer to authority in the church. If those in authority were focused on Christ... You could not have these tangents, these perversions on authority that we spoke about earlier, right? If the focus was on Jesus Christ, they would be like the elders before the throne of heaven who take off their crowns and bow down before the Lamb and give honor and glory to the Lamb of God. The mystery of godliness, of Christianity, of doing that which we ought of doing that which is pleasing to God is Christ. He came down. He did it. He provided it. He ascended up. And now, through the Spirit, he helps us. And look what a great gospel we have. Preached among the Gentiles, believed in the world, received up in glory. 
It speaks of a glory. This is the ministry of the church, to preach that gospel, to speak about Jesus Christ. You are the pillar and ground of the truth. He says, conduct yourselves as you ought. And that's why I write to you these things. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have set the church up, that you have taken sinners, people, each of us so far away from you, Lord, and you've brought us into a fellowship and given us, each one, great responsibility. Father, God, help us to understand the, the seriousness, the holiness, the nobility, the goodness of what you have for your church, that we would indeed order everything aright to proclaim this beautiful gospel of Jesus Christ. By his power, solve the situation of the church, Father. By his life and his shed blood, change each of us to be what we should be, to humble ourselves before him and to see his light go forth in this world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. While our radio programs are from past sermons, current sermons are live-streamed on YouTube every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Join us for in-depth Bible messages by Pastor Greg and Associate Pastor Francis David for a celebration of the Lord's Supper and for prayer and conversation by Pastor Greg and myself. You can search YouTube for the Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle channel, or you can use the link on our church website at shi'arjeshub.org. Join us next time for Shi'ar Jeshub.